Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Did you know there might be two versions of Jesus out there in the world? What the, what the world thinks about and then what the Bible says is the real Jesus. Today we're gonna to talk about that other Jesus with author Jerry Kelly. He has a lot to say. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's interview, we have an author, Jerry Kelly, is live with us here in the studio. He's written an important book, That Other Jesus, and the subtitle is interesting. It's, it's the Jesus we don't talk about at parties, right? <laughs> it says, how we'll lose our souls and country if we remain silent. We've gotta talk about the real Jesus, the one that's described in scripture. Welcome Jerry Kelly to the program. How are you, sir? Thank you very much. Thank you, sir, I'm fine. So you are a scientist, a physicist, an engineer. Uh, you have degrees in electrical engineering and, and physics. You have taught college at Colorado Tech. And, and now you're writing books about Jesus. Why the, why the connection? Well, I must first uh, confess, I became a Christian in the second grade. I'm 69 years old. I never left our Lord. I love him very much. But in the sixth grade, I almost became an atheist because what schools are doing and what churches are not doing. I'd like to talk about that other Jesus that even churches are not talking about. Interesting, the other Jesus, what do you mean? Well, if you ask um, the typical Christian that goes to church every Sunday, was Jesus political? Did he touch on any political issues, social issues, public policy issues? And most will could only think of the time when Jesus said, well, give to Caesar to what's Caesar's and give to God to what's God. But there's much more to say about that. Okay, so Jesus encouraged us, for example, to pay our taxes. In that way, he was encouraging, you know, obedience to the law. But you're saying that, that Christians today should be more involved in politics because Jesus preached about the kingdom of God. What, what does this mean? Well, um, <clears throat> actually, Jesus, if you ask Christians, is Jesus God? No debate there. Did God, and they, so let's, did God talk through the prophets? No debate there. And it really comes in crystal clear when you look at uh, uh, Third Peter chapter 2, verse 3, Second Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 3, where it says, and I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the apostles. Stop and think about that. The Holy Scriptures is anointed of God, correct? Yes. And uh, what did the Holy Spirit just now tell Peter? The command given by our Lord and Savior through our apostles? Interesting. Maybe we should put that in red letters too. And what did Jesus say, what was Jesus' heart via the Holy Spirit through Peter? Go back and listen to the Holy Prophets. Most Christians do not even read the Minor Prophets. When you do that, the, it opens up a panorama of what God's heart is in the social political area that Christians have been ignoring to the, to the detriment of their own society and to severe grievance to God's heart. 
It fascinates me as, uh, not only as a former elected official, but as a PhD in theology, I have studied some of those minor prophets that you're talking about. Many of the Old Testament martyrs, the ones that were killed for being prophets, they were talking to the government. Yes. Uh, John the Baptist yes. was beheaded for talking to the government. That's correct. Right? Re rebuking the government. That's correct. Uh, today in Christendom, we have a lot of pretend prophets who just kind of, they, they talk to each other, but they never talk to the government and they're never gonna be in any danger because they're not confronting the real power in America. That's right, there are combative ministries, but the church has specialized in the nurturing ministries. If you read Isaiah chapter 58, you first get a scene where Isaiah is shout out like a trumpet, show my people their sins. And when you begin to read the context, wait a minute, these people are doing the right thing just on the surface. I mean, we're asking you for the right commandment, we're, we're fasting, we're doing all the right things. But Isaiah goes a little deeper. And verse six, he said, is this not the fast? And put it in parentheses, religious activity that I've called, that you loose the chains of injustice, that you untie the cords of the yoke, that you set the captive free. Those are combative ministries. But the church has settled on, majored in actually the following verse. Yes, we're to be nurturing, we're to meet physical needs, the hunger needs, we're to do that. And you know what, the community doesn't argue against that when the church does that, it's very easy to do. But you step into the, the combative uh, arena and you will have enemies on your hand and the church has forsaken that uh, category to the detriment of our society and to serious sins against Christ and God. You know, there's, um, there's two different sides, like, like a double-sided coin, right? to the personality of Jesus, and I'm gonna contrast them, and you can comment on this. In Matthew 25, Jesus says we are to love the poor. Whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. Yes. Um, you know, if you, if you give a cup of cold water in my name. Yes. Uh, so Jesus loves the poor. He wants us to give away our wealth and feed the poor. We yes. do that in India, we feed yes. over a thousand children. That's in Matthew 25. In Matthew 23, there's a different kind of Jesus when he stands up and rebukes the Pharisees. And yes. seven times he says, woe to you Pharisees and hypocrites. You say one thing and you do the opposite, you will spend eternity in hell, I'm yes. paraphrasing. Yes. But this is the confrontive, combative Jesus that I think you're trying to talk about in this book. That's correct, and also in Matthew 18, verse six, Jesus said, if anyone causes a child to believe in me to sin, a millstone should be wrapped around his neck and drowned in the depths of the sea. Stop and think about that. Let's put it in, in, modern, in modern vernacular. Jesus said, if anyone causes a child to sin, put him in front of, front of a firing squad and shoot him. Well, he says, it, 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 there's a little nuance to that. He does yes. not encourage us to engage in vigilante no, that's violence. that's correct, that's correct. But he said, it would be better for them to face what you say is a firing squad than to face the wrath of God and go to hell, which is more, even worse punishment. Absolutely, and let me emphasize, we have two tools at our disposal. We have legal and political tools. I am not advocating violence, but I wanna capture the heart of Christ. Yeah. He is deeply grieved at our public educational systems. How grieved are we? How, how much does it disturb us? Does it disturb us to get out of bed and do something about it? Yeah. When, when they're teaching that, children in American classrooms that, that gay is good and, and Jesus is bad. That's right. Let's, let's take a short break. When we come back, more with Jerry Kelly, who has written The Other Jesus. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. We have a brand new action alert for 
the activist members of our TV audience, and we want you to take action today to stop the religious purge of Christians from the military. You mean they're kicking out Christians? Yes, by the thousands right now because religious exemption waivers are being denied by especially the Air Force. We've seen recent headlines how Air Force Academy cadets are being kicked out and forced to repay hundreds of thousands of dollars in back scholarship money. This is just wrong. We are standing for the religious freedom of the cadets. We're asking you to call the Secretary of Defense office. He is Lloyd Austin, and he wrote the policy saying that religious exemptions will be granted on a case-by-case basis. Then why are almost zero exemption waivers being granted? We need you to take action today by calling the Secretary of Defense office and we have his phone number. Get your pen ready to write down this phone number. We want you to call and say, please protect religious freedom. Don't purge the Christians out of the military. Here's that phone number. We want you to dial 703-692-7100. Again, that's 703-692-7100. Call the Secretary of Defense office and then call us for a free religious freedom sticker at 866-Obey-God, press option three, take action today. If you've been following the LGBTQ agenda, there is now a radical program to take away freedom from Christians like you. In fact, they're trying to pass an unconstitutional law. Now it's misnamed as the Equality Act, but it's really inequality for Christians. And it punishes people like Jack Phillips, the baker who didn't wanna participate in gay weddings and florists and photographers. It also forces co-ed bathrooms on every business owner in America. You could lose your business if you don't let men into the ladies' restroom. It violates the privacy and safety of women, forces women to compete with men in their own sporting events. And finally, there are no religious exemptions. Even your church will be vulnerable. We want you to sign a petition against this today at PrayInJesusName.org. Click on PrayInJesusName.org. There's a row of petitions there. Look for the one called Equality. We will send it to Congress. Sign up today. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Jerry Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. He has an unusual spelling of his first name. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, That Other Jesus We Don't Talk About is the title of his important book. And your website is censoredevidence.org. What can people find at your website? They will find things that have been censored from us. Uh, For instance, uh, the science behind COVID and the vaccines. some people are just beginning to hear about Dr. Robert Malone, yeah. and he helped invent the vaccine, and they censored him. That should uh, raise questions in people's you know, minds. We, we have right now two strikes on YouTube. We're about to be censored and deplatformed if I go any further on this topic. So thank you for, for mentioning that. Go to censoredevidence.org to learn more. Uh, I wanna get back to Jesus, because this is Pray in Jesus' Name. And your book struck me as, as important. I wanna go through some of the, the chapter titles here. Uh, for example, our popular theology on sinning or legalism. Yes. Does your book, did Jesus talk about sin or, or is that legalism? Uh, compute, Jesus did talk about legalism and he gave a very nice lesson object lesson when he addressed the Pharisees with, uh, with a question in that area. They first came to him and said, 
uh, why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders? And Jesus uh, explaining, why do you uh, not follow God's law, make God's law void with your traditions? So right there, Jesus is beginning to make a distinction between legalism and following God's law. Many Christians miss that and think that since we're not under the Old Testament covenant anymore, uh, they typically forget the Old Testament altogether and they're, they're, they are ignoring God's word to their own soul detriment and to their society detriment when they do that. Jesus never taught us to disobey God's law. He taught us to disobey the phony traditions of men. Yes. That the Pharisees were setting up this parallel law, yes. which was human law, which was not at all like God's law. Uh, in, in fact, Jesus said, if anyone takes away from God's law, uh, you, you know, let him be accursed. That's correct. Uh, but, but what is God's law? How should we, uh, is this something that we must obey or comply or submit or surrender? What is God's law? Well, uh, God, God's word covers a lot of things in society. Um, well, we just touched on one earlier. What is Jesus' attitude on our public schools? And it's, it's a very, he would be grieved today of what we've permitted in our so-called public schools. And God's law touches on, uh, of course, individual, the public's um, private sins. We're familiar with that area. But we're ten, we tend to be ignorant on God's law on the public corporate sins. And the minor prophets spoke about that in various places. Amos, for instance, 5.15 said, to establish justice in the gate. Here's another part, when it's God's word, it's God's law. We are commended by God to do this. And yes, it is connected to our salvation. It says in, uh, in Hebrews, he, Jesus, became the source of eternal salvation for all that obey him. When we confess our sins, it's not just our personal sins, it's our corporate sins. And we need to have a heart to constantly seek after, God, what do you want me to do? How can I uh, be better for you? How can I be salt and light in my environment for you? Amen. Uh, what, is, what is the connection between the Ten Commandments and the greatest commandment, which is love God and love your neighbor? Of course, Christ answered that that was the most important. If you fulfill those two, loving God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself, you fulfilled all the other commandments. So that's, that's a, an easy one to, to fill. But we need to kind of look at the details because we can overlook them in our carnality. Yeah, and he said in Luke 10, uh, do this and you will have eternal life. Yes. I mean, that's the key to salvation really yes. is to love God and love your neighbor. Uh, you have a, a chapter in here about when God spoke on public policy issues and sins. Does God still speak on these things today? Absolutely, he does. And uh, again, I'm focusing on the, what the minor prophets said and even the major Isaiah. I quoted Isaiah 58, 6. Look at Isaiah 58, 6 and 7. And go back and read Amos. He's heavy in this area. You know, establish justice in the gate. Well, that involves not only voting, but that, in, uh, that involves educating your fellow citizen on what the candidates stand for. We're, a lot of us are too busy, more busy than what we should be, and uh, we need to help, because we're in informational warfare right now, you talked about being c censored, we need to step in and get the word out, be salt and light in our communities. Are Christians supposed to, um, you know, 
stay home and, and and avoid politics or not talk about them in church or parties or family. I mean, these are the two forbidden subjects, right? You never, yeah. you, you don't wanna offend anybody by talking about politics and religion, certainly not together. We need to look at that again. Christians have this funny idea that nurturing is the primary virtue. It is not. Read your Bible very carefully. Obeying God is the primary virtue. Why? Because it includes nurturing and discipline. The scriptures are clear. It's, it, they're profitable for rebuking, for correcting. We don't like to go there. But I have, if, we, if the church would do that, we would save a lot more marriages that are breaking up addressing people that are in affairs. They, they've excused it. Um, the, my book covers private sins and public sins, and the church is lacking in not addressing those, public, the, those private sins. When, you, when Jesus, uh, in fact, through Revelation, um, there were some churches that did some outstanding things, but, but Jesus put his finger on issues where they didn't want to cause problems in their own church. Because of that compromising, sin was rampant in those churches. It's the same today. No one wants to ad address or challenge people in these issues. If you don't do that, you're God disobedient and he will judge you on that. I can hate to be, I'd hate to imagine standing at the judgment and Christ telling me, why didn't you warn, why didn't you uh, challenge that brother who was openly sinning? Why mm. didn't you do that? Why did you reject my words, he would, he would say. I don't want to ever hear that on my judgment day. Amen to that. All right, let's take a short break. More with Jerry Kelly. Visit his website, censoredevidence.org, after this. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and MyPillow. During these times, your support has meant everything to us. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly onto you. For example, you can get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $39.99 a set. That's a savings of 60% and the lowest price in history. And remember, they're made with the world's best cotton, grown where the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River all meet. They come with my 10-year warranty, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $39.99, the lowest price in history. If you do it right now, I'm also going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you and God bless. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my brand new product, My Slippers. What makes my slippers different from those other slippers is my exclusive four-layer design. The first layer is my pillow's patented foam, which will help prevent fatigue and offer you incredible support. My second layer is a memory foam that will give you amazing comfort. And layer three is my patented impact gel that'll help reduce stress on your feet. And layer four is a durable outdoor-indoor sole so you can wear my slippers anywhere, anytime. Go online or call right now to order your very own pair of the new My Slippers. Use the promo code on your screen and save an incredible 40% off your My Slippers order. You can enjoy My Slippers anytime, anywhere. What I love most about My Slippers is that I can wear them all day long and not have to change shoes. 
I personally guarantee the first time you put them on, they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. One more segment with Jerry Kelly, author of this important book, That Other Jesus We Don't Talk About. The, the Jesus that talked about the kingdom of God, not just um, you know compassion or nurture, as we said, but, but discipline. Letting God be our king and let him, letting him rule our heart, uh, and also how he engaged in politics, to be honest. Uh, Jerry, I'm told that uh, half of Americans who self-identify as Christian did not vote in the last election. And, and this is shocking to me that, that Christians would stay home and vote. There's a secular quote from the philosopher Plato I, I recently came across, and that is um, the price of apathy or, or not being involved in politics is that we are ruled by evil men. That's correct. In fact, if you, uh, it was the founder of Pennsylvania, William Penn, who said, if we are not governed by God, we'll be ruled by tyrants. Stop and think, where did William Penn get that wisdom? Look at all the examples of God's people in the Old Testament. When they obeyed God, God blessed them. When they disobeyed God, ignored God, God's word, either out of ignorance or willfully, they got the same thing. They became under tyrants. The American church is, is reaping the same thing. There are controls being pressed on us by the government. We've talked about, uh, we've experienced church closers. It's gonna be worse than that. There are gonna be children taken away from Christian parents because of spiritual abuse. Already they're military people that have lost careers and contracts. We are coming under tyranny because we have disobeyed and ignored God's word. Some of it willfully because we were fearful we didn't wanna talk about it, and some of it ignorantly the results are the same. You have a chapter in here, why is sin so bad if nobody is hurt? Yes, that is, a, is an attitude that we have not only in the world but in the church. By the way, it's a lie. And in Hebrews it says, I'm trying to remember if, if the passage is in Hebrew, Hebrews, be careful having a hard heart. When you start playing with sin, compromising, your heart becomes hard against the Holy Spirit, against God's Word. Oh, he will overlook this. Guess what? When you resist warnings, God is not obligated to continue to warn you. He does reach out and try to warn you, but the, I'm convinced that warning becomes quieter and quieter and quieter with a harder and harder heart, which what happens when we play with sin. You have an appendix here about sanctification's requirement for salvation or salvation as a process. What is this word sanctification? I think I know, but you have something yeah. to say. Um, let me uh, draw the readers and listeners to Second um, Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Brothers, Peter's talking to Christians. Brothers, be diligent to make your calling and election sure. This one verse has both elements that Christians have been arguing over for centuries. Yes, God has chosen us. God has chosen us. How did God choose us? In our day of physics, of understanding, and it, understanding it can be quite uh, intimidating, but time and space is not as the most, most of us realize what it is. God in his time can see what we do in our time and see a heart that's continually searching after him. In this process, you become separated from the world or sanctified towards 
God and holy things. So when you look at predestination and God elects, yes, he does it in his time based upon our action in our time. And let me quote that verse again, Second Peter chapter 1, verse, three, uh, verse 10. Brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. There are things we do need to do to ensure that our heart and our soul are in parallel and in line with God's plan for us individually and corporately. So when he talks about election, this is the process of God's spirit sovereignly electing or choosing us for salvation. This yes. is something he initiates by yes. his grace. Yes. Um, but we have a responsibility here to make our election or make our salvation sure. Yes. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, yes. the Bible says. Yes, that's correct. And I'm quoting again Hebrews 5, 9, he, Jesus, became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Look in our altar calls. How many wants to accept Christ? Repeat this prayer after me. Confess your sins. Yes, that's part of it. But it, too many have walked out of church and think, I'm in. I'm secure. Yes, Christ does is open for the broken and contrite and willing to repent. But we cannot play with Christ or God on this issue. We must be committed to searching him out. You know, if you really love Christ, yeah. if you really love God, God, what are you like? What's your plan for my life and for my world? You'll be reading the entire Bible and putting every quote the hope the prophets said in red. You won't just reading the red letters in the New Testament. Jerry, there's just one minute left and, and somebody out there is inspired. They haven't got your book yet, maybe they will. But would you lead us in a prayer? Okay. Um, Father, you see our hearts and our minds. Lord, we are coming under attack by the enemy like we have never seen before in our lives. Not only institutions, but individuals. And more is coming, dear God. Your church needs to wake up and adopt the combated ministries that you have designed. Lord, you, your word is clear. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities and powers. Go, Lord Jesus, educate us and help us to seek out what your word and will is. Educate us, we pray, and help us to be ready for the combat yet you've called us. Help us to stand and to be salt and light, the preserving elements <coughs> you so desire us to be. Lord Jesus, we pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our guest has been Jerry Kelly. Visit censoredevidence.org to learn more. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate when you visit. If you need prayer, call us at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Do you need a physical or spiritual healing? Are you being tested or tried? When Jesus needed to pray, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you need to really connect with God? If you're visiting Colorado Springs, come see the Gateway Prayer Garden just south of the city along Interstate 25. Walk our prayer trails among the trees by the beautiful Fountain Creek. Stand at the foot of our large cross and connect with Jesus. Enter our life-size replica of the empty tomb and spend time reading key Bible verses etched in stone along our ground cross as big as a football field. Join our worship gatherings and plan to attend our annual Easter sunrise worship service. We're located off I-25, exit 132A at 8035 Bandley Road, just north of the KOA campground. Experience Jesus at gatewayprayergarden.org. 
That's gatewayprayergarden.org. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray in Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. 